0: You are listening to episode 81 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. This episode is seriously coming in at a perfect time. So perfect that I can't even believe how well it is aligned. This is not the first time that we've discussed astrology on the podcast, but each time we do, we dig a little bit deeper into it to help us become more aware. The first time that we talked astrology was with Soulshine Astrology when Natalie navigated us through Mercury retrograde. Then last summer, the beautiful soul Natasha of Astro Tosh walked us through our birth chart and really helped us understand the power of our sun, moon, and rising signs. But today, we're sticking with the vibe of forecast for the year of 2020, and you are getting a big dose of astrology. Evolutionary astrologist Christina Caudill is guiding us through what we can expect this year, and as a big hint, It all kicks off in a very big way in just two days on January 10th. So consider this your official invitation to get really aware about what is about to happen in the universe. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend or do it on social media. Take a screenshot that you're listening and tag us in it at MindBizLife. When you share, you help get this podcast into the homes, cars, and earbuds of many. Are you ready to meet Christina and find out what kind of astrological happenings we have to look forward to this year? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up. Let's go.
1: You're listening to Master Your Mind: Business and Life Conversations with Everyday World Shifters, Truth Seekers, and Rule Breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey, everyone. It's-
0: Episode. Today's guest is Christina Caldill. Christina is an evolutionary astrologer and the host of Radiant Astrology Podcast. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on your show, Lauren.
0: Oh, thank you. You know, by the time this conversation launches and is shared with the collective, it will already be 2020 and we'll be in this new wave of energy. But before we go down the astrology rabbit hole, if you will, I would love to get to know you a little bit more. Have you always had a passion for astrology or how did you get to the point of launching Radiant Astrology?
1: Well, you know what? I have always had a passion for astrology, but because I'm so Capricornian, I think I spent most of my life um, fighting it, you know, (laughs) and thinking I need to do something more practical. But that Scorpio moon of mine said eventually won out. And I realized how powerful it is not only for us to get a sense of, you know, what's happening in the world, but what is our potential? Um, the type of astrology that I practice is called evolutionary astrology. And that's developed from the viewpoint that we were each incarnated with a soul intention. And the soul has its own intentions for our lives, even beyond what we want for ourselves. And that soul is wise. And, and really wants the best for us. And so the more that we can engage with our astrology chart as a message from the soul, then we can really get more satisfaction out of life at a soul level.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And just connecting with Your highest self um, can sometimes just, I mean, not even sometimes, always gives you more guidance. Um, So I, I know having this information and understanding your birth chart can also unlock a lot that maybe you weren't in tune with.
1: Mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely because it's kind of just like a a treasure map in a way you know that you can once you understand it you see all this potential now i do want to sort of caveat that with um sometimes people look at astrology as it's got the answers for everything in their life and if they're not doing it right then you know they're not understanding the formula for you know success for their life and it doesn't quite work that way it's it's Basically, kind of like our palette of the colors we have to play with to create our life. I like to think of it. So, there's a lot more potential rather than it just being something totally deterministic about our fate or even who we are. It's actually there to help to give us even more potential of what we can be, who we can be, and how we can contribute to our lives.
0: Mm, So, it's a tool that gives a lot of permission. Yes, exactly. I love that. Yeah. What would you say to people who may be tuning in today, but they're a little skeptical of astrology?
1: <laughs> um, well, let's see. It depends on what they're... Um, skeptical about, but you know, this is the thing. I don't even know how it works. Like how do, you know, does Pluto, which is like so far away, how does it impact our life at all? You know, and how does it have anything to do with the meaning of our life? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing is it's, uh, it's even beyond the how, um, just knowing that you know, our heart is always beating to keep us alive. We don't have to think about it or do anything about that. That's a miracle. You know, mm-hmm. that in itself is a miracle. So, you know, why is it that when everybody has their Saturn return at around age 29 that they suddenly feel like they need to um define who they are and become more responsible? I don't know. Um, I just know that it does tend to work. And you can actually see it in some of the you know, the bigger transits that we all have, you know, at 29, we have the Saturn return and that Saturn bearing down on us, like, you know, actually requiring us to adult in our life. And then Mm. at age, about age 38 or so is the big one, the Pluto square. And that's Pluto, which calls for a total metamorphosis in how we feel empowered and powerless in our lives. And without fail, Everyone experiences that maybe, you know, obviously in slightly different ways, because we all have our own unique destiny. But, you know, if I were to sit down with someone and give them certain dates in their life and guess about what the main sort of themes were during that time, then pretty much without fail, if the person is at all self-reflective, they would see that there is really something to this astrology thing.
0: So interesting about thirty-eight because I feel like that you know, like around that forty mark, <laughs> people mm-hmm. really, it's like, oh, my forties, and you know, I don't want to say midlife because I don't think forties midlife at all. But you, you know, you start to like, I've heard that you you start to view life a little different, and definitely, I mean, I can speak for twenty-nine. That was absolutely Saturn return. I can say mm-hmm. my life just. I switched it. It was like, okay, don't want to do this anymore. You know?
1: Uh, what I think is beautiful is that so many young people now. Um, I see a lot of people talking about the Saturn return and people that are in it or they're about to have it. And that is so, that's such a gift to be able to have the language of astrology to help you through these things. And also to know when these transits are going to be over.
0: I love that you just touched on more people talking about it because, you know, I'm pretty woke and aware. And I think my spiritual radar is always on. Um, And I just feel in a in a big capacity almost that astrology is coming around again in terms of popularity. Have you found this to be true? yeah it really seems to be in another sort of
1: renaissance, you know, mm-hmm. um like a golden age, if you will, and I think it's beautiful. One of the things I would attribute it to, just if we were to see it like from a practical sense, is um it used to be that when an astrologer would cast a natal chart, they would have to do it all by hand, do all the calculations themselves. It would take hours or maybe days, depending how slow right. they are. Whereas now you can go on Astro.com or some other, you know, free software online, and within seconds get your natal chart. You know that alone has really um, fast tracked things with astrology. Uh, These great softwares that we have, and then and on top of that, then the curiosity people have—they um, want to know that there is something greater out there for them, and what astrology teaches us is that life is bigger than us. There's forces that are just bigger than us, and it's not about us being smart enough or working harder to figure out life. It's really about opening the channel and being a clearer channel for understanding what our potential is.
0: Mm, That is amazing. So beautifully put. I love that you hadn't touched on that. It's feeling like a little bit of the renaissance because I keep hearing from well, reading, I should say, from various sources that there's going to be this big energetic shift in 2020. Is this true? And if so, why is it? Oh, yes. So
1: I don't know what date you plan on releasing this podcast, but I hope it's before January 12th, 2020, because <laughs> there is a shift there. Now, when we think of like these major shifts, you know, when we look at a date, we, you know, that may or may not be like something specific happening, you know, on that day, but that just means a new era beginning. And there's a few things happening. Um, you know, in December 2019, so this will be after this happened, when this releases, there's a, a major eclipse that's conjunct Jupiter, which is the planet of expansion. So it's a big eclipse. And that one is in Capricorn. And so in some ways, we are all going to feel this calling to do and be more of what we've always said we were going to to be you know and that requires some maturity that requires some commitment but jupiter being there can help to ease that can help to bring the possibilities along with that um and so then when we get into even in january 2020 when saturn and pluto meet you know, that's one of the things that we've been feeling, this, this tension, you know, um, the past couple of years. Saturn is the planet of structure, and it represents things like society and government and laws. And it's meeting up with Pluto, which is the planet of decay and destruction, but mm. also regeneration, right? So it's like things have to... Die in order for a new future to be born and in some ways We are living in a dying society throughout the world. We're seeing it not just only in America but throughout the world people are no longer satisfied with the status quo and something needs to be born in that place. And right now we're still at sort of like the end, you know, the endings, but in 2020, we're going to start to have a potential for the new beginnings in March when Saturn moves into Aquarius, which is the sign of the future and new paradigms and innovation then Saturn is gonna require us to make the structures available for that new future and new paradigm. And I think it has something to do with collaborating. Interesting. You know, collaborating in new ways and and just rethinking the paradigm of how we want to engage with ourselves in society.
0: Hmm. How often does something like what's gonna happen on the 12th happen? throughout life is this is it like every certain amount of years that this happens
1: well the last time that saturn and pluto met in capricorn was like in the 1500s that's how
0: rare it is holy cannoli Yeah. yeah now i
1: will say that saturn and pluto meet every 30 years throughout the the um the zodiac in different signs right but ever but in this sign of capricorn which is about it's about government. It's about society. It's about law and order, and that hasn't the when it met last time. When they met in that sign last time, it was during the Reformation. You know, the Martin Luther times mm-hmm. in the 1500s, the the beginning of Protestantism, which actually completely changed the paradigm of life at that time, and um, and so we are having a complete change of paradigm, and not only that. Um, it just really feels like people, individuals are starting to feel that they have not only a right, but actually a responsibility to help shape society. And in some ways that's really empowering. Mm,
0: It's like they're waking up.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we've experienced a lot of these sort of slowly kind of waking up of people the past. I really think since that uh, what was it? 2002. Mm. And, um, but now it's not, only, it's not enough to be awake. We have to actually do, we have to create, and we have to be the future that we're calling into.
0: Mm. Let's back up one second. Can you break down how exactly eclipses affect us? Yeah. Um, so
1: every eclipses happen, every 6 months, okay? So they're they're rare, but they're not so rare that you know we don't ever have them. Every 6 months we're going to have a pair of eclipses. Now they usually come in pairs of 2. Sometimes they'll be in threes. Last summer we had three together in a row. Um and basically, so you know that every month we have a new moon followed by 2 weeks later a full moon, right? right. So that's the lunation cycle. Um, And what makes an eclipse an eclipse is a solar eclipse is a new moon that's joined to what's called the lunar nodes. These are these points in space that align the path of the moon with the path of the sun around the Earth so it's it's really strange because the lunar nodes i work a lot with the lunar nodes and they are not physical bodies in space they're simply alignments in space but when they align then it has a lot to do with our evolutionary growth our spiritual growth and that is what makes a new moon an eclipse so Mm. if the new moon is aligned with the lunar nodes it is a solar eclipse when a full moon is aligned with the lunar nodes it is a lunar eclipse right and so basically you've probably heard that a solar eclipse is a supercharged new moon and a Lunar eclipse is a supercharged full moon. Right. Um, It's because of the lunar nodes. So, and we also like to refer to the nodes as the nodes of destiny. So that's when it feels like fate and destiny are calling. And you have these little shifts of fate that can that can feel like they change your life. And you look back and notice, you know, how incredibly transformative those periods were.
0: Mm, Interesting. So do we also in this upcoming year of 2020, do we have um, any significant eclipses that we should kind of be aware of or keep on our radar?
1: Yes, I always like to look at eclipses um, every year. And of course, you know, the magic and beauty of astrology is it how the eclipses impact your own personal natal chart, you know, so, you know, so if someone has an eclipse Like, I'm going to have an eclipse on my sun, Mm -hmm. um, which is rare, you know, and that likely won't happen. Um, It might not happen for everybody, but eclipses happen in a certain sign every, like, 19 years. So, you know, when you have an eclipse in your sign, it's rare and you definitely want to be paying attention to it. So, this past year, all the eclipses were in Cancer Capricorn in 2019. And then in 2020, they're going to shift. We're going to have some in Cancer, Capricorn, and some others in Gemini, Sagittarius. So those signs need to pay a special attention to them. Um, Also, any of the cardinal signs—that's Aries, Cancer, Capricorn, and Libra—they are really they need to pay attention to the Cancer, Capricorn. Eclipses, which will be, let's see, as I said, in December, the day after Christmas, 2019. There's an eclipse in Capricorn, so Capricorns, pay attention, and that's the big one. Like I said, because Jupiter's involved, mm. that's an expansive one. And any solar eclipse, as I said, since it's a new moon, that means it's a seeding moment. So it's important to be seeding your intentions and to understand that that will take time. To flower Mm. right just as you put a seed in the ground to you know to grow a plant or a flower solar eclipses or any new moon is a moment of seeding something for future growth Mm. and then two weeks later we have the lunar eclipse right so it's the pear eclipse and that will be january 10th at 20 degrees cancer right so that's another and the cancer capricorn axis And um, then that's just before this huge alignment with Saturn and Pluto. So January 10th through the 12th in the collective will be, you know, major turning points. So whatever is happening, we can, we can see that as it's an ending leading to a beginning. Cause I think someone once asked me like, Oh, is this like an ending or a beginning? Well, it's both. When you think of time as being and cycles, being, Sick, you know circular you know when you get to one end point that's also the beginning point so you know as we see things dying away and falling away that no longer serve our collective growth we can also know that this is the year where the new beginning is starting to happen as well
0: Ooh, my birthday is January 9th. So now I'm like, oh, oh dang, what is this eclipse going to be like the weekend of my birthday? <laughs>
1: now I will say, so because it's a lunar eclipse, um, a lunar eclipse is a full moon. So it illuminates things. So mm. it's important to see, you know, you'll be seeing what it is you need to know. Now people usually say for full moons, it's a release. You need to let go. I mean, I don't know if that's always true. I think it's true that, um, I think it depends on what else is happening with that eclipse, but it is a moment of culmination, right? So if I were you, I would be looking at the solar eclipse from July, you know, July 2nd, like look back around July 2nd, you know, that was 4th of July for us. We can always remember that. Like what kind of intentions were you seeding at that moment? Because some of them are going to come to fruition at that January lunar
0: eclipse. Interesting, and when you said that the cardinal sign should pay attention, is that only if if that is your sun sign or is that also if it's your rising sign as well?
1: Definitely rising, too. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so, I mean, I think everyone should be paying attention. Yeah. To who it I mean, we have it all, right? <laughs> but, yeah. But, um, but again, you'll likely mostly, those of us that are in the cardinal axis, we will feel it most. Now, then in the summer... Uh, June and July, there will be three eclipses in a row. Now, those are those are always crazy times because it's like you need to pace yourself because there's a lot of happening, you know. Yeah. And um, that's when we first have the introduction to the Sagittarius, the Gemini Sagittarius axis. So the June 5th eclipse is going to be at 15 Sagittarius. That's a lunar eclipse. Again, lunar eclipse is when things kind of like you know come to fruition. They can be more intense and more emotional usually. Mm-hmm. The lunar eclipses cuz it's, you know, it's all about the moon being eclipsed. And um, and then we'll have a can another cancer Capricorn pair with that as well. So kind of like no one's safe from the <laughs> you know <we're> all <laughs> We'll all be in it together in the summer, and then again at the end of 2020, November and December, there will you know it's going to introduce the Gemini Sagittarius. So Gemini's and Sagittarians in 2020, it's like you're up next, right? Because this last year has been a lot of Cancer, Capricorn, Aries, Libra. So this year, all of you Gemini, Sag, um, Pisces, Virgo. That's the mutable signs. You people, it's, you know, you're up to bat. The great thing about what I think is great about these mutable signs is it's saying, you know, they're changeable. And that means that we need to be able to change too and to be fluid and to move. Um, So I think part of it is saying, there's so much that so many of us have solidified with what we believe to be true in the world because we've been having to declare who we are, what we believe. And I think, you know, with all this happening, this changes in Gemini, Sagittarius, the North Node is going to be in Gemini, which is about learning and knowledge and actually backing up your beliefs, which is Sagittarius, with actual knowledge, which is Gemini you know, so knowledge and learning is going to be more important. And I, it's like, you know, if this is a time where you've been wanting to learn something, really learn it well and know it and master it rather than just be, um, you know, just fluttering around the thing about now the shadow of Gemini is, can be distracted and scattered and want a lot of information. But I think that the growth potential is that we are, we need to learn things so that we can really understand the times we're in, and the world we live in.
0: Mm. Knowledge is power.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the right knowledge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other important astrological events that we should kind of keep on our radar for 2020?
1: Yes. um, I think I touched on it before, and I'd really like to emphasize that in March is when Saturn goes into Aquarius and now he's going to kind of dip his toe into Aquarius and that starts, you know, right around the time of the um, equinox, the spring Mm -hmm. equinox, which is so interesting. So that's going to be an interesting spring (laughs) equinox. Um, The spring equinox is always around like the 20th of March and Saturn enters Aquarius about the twenty first, I think late on the 21st or early on the 22nd. And, you know, we've heard about the age of Aquarius and I feel like we're entering it. I mean, it's not supposed to come for another, I don't know, 50 years, but ages happen over centuries, right? So we're at the very end of a huge cycle that's lasted for centuries. And in ancient astrology, Saturn rules Aquarius. And so it's really important for us to understand that, you know, if so many people are dissatisfied with the status quo, um, that's for a reason that means it's no longer serving us. And so as Saturn enters Aquarius, it's like, what can we do to actually implement new ways of living and relating and collaborating, um, I see a lot of, you know, like women doing it. I think it's amazing. You know, even like this podcast is one thing, you know, you're giving someone else a platform, you're collaborating in that way. And that is different than the Capricornian way where there's like one boss, you know, and then subordinates under them. And it's all about control because the Aquarian way of relating is we 're together we 've been brought together because we share the same beliefs we share the same vision of the future we want to be together you know it 's like our ideas bring us together, not some sort of like outward control um, and Saturn wants to crystallize something wants to wants us to form something that is maybe abstract but it's time for it to start having the early forms you know the new laws the new patterns the new paradigms Mm. Um, and so that will be from march till july and then saturn will retrograde because he's got more stuff to finish up in capricorn (laughs) and then by the end of the year saturn will finally in december 2020 saturn will be in aquarius from then on and so then we'll you know, have another chance to be building the new thing. So it's like we have a little taste of a freedom of innovation of the future coming in around the springtime. And I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Mm. So we touched on it's going to be retrograding. And I think retrograde may be what I hear about most. And of course, it's always Mercury. Um, are there any other significant retrogrades that we can kind of keep on our calendar as well? Oh, that- yes. Yeah. Oh, yes! <laughs> well,
1: we <got> <laughs> this year, we're going to have both a Venus and Mars retrograde. Oh, And so, yeah, that's, it's a lot when it's both the cosmic lovers <laughs> are retrograding. Um, first, uh, you know, Venus will be, let me see if I have these dates here. She will be retrograding in Gemini. Okay. Gemini's Like I said, you're up to bat this year in 2020 (laughs) because not only will you have the north node of evolution of growth in your sign, but you'll also, you know, you'll have the eclipses and then, um, the Venus retrograde. Um, and so Venus will be retrograde. Let's see. I'm trying to find my chart. Oh, here we go. She'll be retrograde May twelfth through june twenty fifth in Gemini
0: mm.
1: and you know she is the planet of love of pleasure of relating and of attraction and attractiveness um, and so when she goes retrograde, you know it's it's not like she's not working I mean she's still Venus but it's like at times she can like give us things we don't expect or at times she just maybe you know, isn't engaging with us the way that we're used to, right? So this is where we can play a little bit around with who we're relating with, how we're relating to them. In Gemini, Gemini likes variety, Right. So it's on the positive side, we can be engaging and partnering with a lot of different people, you know, and Gemini is like our friends, people that we like kind of get along with, like we share the same, like, like mind. (laughs) So it's a, it's, yeah. So it's just enjoying a variety of people. Now, you know, the challenge could be, about because gemini has to do with the mind and communication you know there may be some conversations we need to have around relating around you know what we need in relationships and things like that Mm -hmm. and also our you know i've often heard they say that astrologers say don't get married during a venus retrograde because only because during that time you might not be quite feeling the love and you don't really know why you know and we don't want to really make it mean too much because we wait till the retrograde is over to see. Okay, so what was the lesson in that? But sometimes Venus you know throws us a curveball so that we see how do we uh, relate when we're not quite feeling the same way. We're not quite feeling the love, or we may feel you know be feeling a little bit off, and it might even just be we might not be feeling attractive ourselves
0: mm. for a time,
1: you know. And so it's about learning how to relate to your Venus in new ways
0: interesting well that's kind of an interesting period too that's happening in the spring when most weddings occur may to june <laughs> oh my know? god you're right i didn't think about that <laughs> oh dang i'm just thinking of like all these florida weddings that always we see you know like on the beaches i'm like oh man what a time to be alive <laughs> okay so what was the other retrograde that you mentioned so we have saturn
1: and what then- is mars mars so mars um and this is an interesting one because when mars goes retrograde in a sign he usually spends a long time in that sign and so you know because mars usually you know is kind of a fast mover so he's always moving around but he will be in aries now aries is a sign he rules it's the first sign of the zodiac Um, and Aries is about initiation and instinct and drive. It's also about conflict though. You know, he's the warrior planet in the warrior sign. Mm. So he's heated here. So we definitely want to be wary of that one. Um, Mars will be in Aries from June 29th to January 6 2021. Whoa. So that's like half the year. Yeah. So into 2021, that's a long time. Now, this is the thing. The positive thing about Mars and Aries is it's about being direct. It's about having initiation. You know, Mars is what gets us out of bed every day. So if we didn't have a Mars, <laughs> we could never get anything. No drive. That. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and he's the one that gets us to say, hey, will you be on my podcast? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, initiation. And that can be good when we're initiating things. And and I think we need that, especially when, you know, like I said, we're building this new paradigm and there's one thing to be feeling the pressure of what I should do. It's another thing to actually get up and do something, you know, Mm. and that's Mars and Aries. Now, Mars will be retrograde in Aries from September 9th to November 14th, 2020, and during that time, again, Mars can just be harder to engage with and control, even. So, you know, sometimes he gives us too much, sometimes not enough. So, you know, at times we may be feeling like we just wanna, like, you know, bulldoze over anyone in our way, you know? It's like, because Mars is like, what about me in Aries? Mm selfish. And sometimes we need to have a healthy ego. We need to be a good self-advocate for ourselves, right? But if it's too much, then we can, you know, we're not considering other people or what other people need or want. Um, And then if Mars is retrograde and we're not really feeling our Mars you know we could just be feeling kind of impotent you know like literally or emotionally right. and that can be problematic too because if we're kind of feeling like we don't have what it takes or we're kind of weak then people can lash out from a place of weakness mm. um and so it's important to look at that to see how you know frustration is kind of like the word i think we may be feeling a little frustrated at times and what I noticed the last time Mars was retrograde is, okay, so my Mars isn't working right, you know
0: yeah. um,
1: I need to find a different way to motivate myself because Mars is ultimately about motivation, and if we're not motivated just energetically, is there other ways you know, can we maybe? Do what we need to do because we're inspired, could we use more of our you know Jupiter or our Venus because things you know please us? you know so that's important why it's it's good to know your chart to see what else motivates you other than you know straight up instinct
0: right and it's also probably really important to know where you have certain planets and different placements um, to to kind of work with it <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly because you could have some supportive planets if you have some, you know, sextiles or trines or whatever to your natal mercury, then that can give you a clue of like other areas you can help support that that Mars,
0: right? And I know some of our audience is like what what is she talking about now? But this is where you go to an astrologer and you know, with someone like Christina and she, and she breaks it down for you in a way that you can understand your chart. Because when you are looking at your birth chart for the first time, you're probably like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Is there any other dates that we should keep on our radar or are those, did we already cover kind of the bigger one, I think
1: those are the biggies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we're gonna have three Mercury retrograde, of course,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> and you know, peppered throughout the year. But keep your eye, I mean, I really love to look at the eclipses four times. of transformation, right? And collectively as well as personally. Um solar eclipses people are always really turned inward, even if they don't know what's going on. It's just harder to get other people's attention. And the reason is because we have some internal work to do. You know, it's like it's as the astrologer Demetra George calls it, it's like a power outage because the the light of the sun is eclipsed. And then it's Followed by a power surge afterward. You know, it's like we have to have lights out in order to really connect with and align with all this internal, you know, movement and the the intentions and calling of our soul before then we can get back into the world and you have that outward focus. So, like, the attention needs to be drawn inward so that we can really have the awareness that we're called to transform into.
0: It also just sounds like 2020 in, in itself is just a transformation year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one that we've been kind of looking looking forward to and some people biting their nails about. Um, you know, <laughs> which because, way is it going to go? <laughs> right. is And we can't ever really know which way is it, it's going to go um, because every, you know, it's multi-layered. It's so complex. You know, when there's these really seemingly terrible events that can bring out some of the best in humanity and we change through it. So we just really have to have the faith that we're aware that we are doing our work, that we're, um, I think this year, like I said, there's so much of this mutable energy that we need to be on our toes and be willing to be fluid and move with the changes. And we have that potential because it's ready in the collective.
0: Yes, I love that. we have so much to look forward to that, you know, we don't even need to focus on, on bad things. I know that some, some people will, but there you've shown so much light of what we have to look forward to and how we can use that to our advantage. Christina, where can our audience go to learn more about astrology and connect with you further?
1: Yeah, well, they can visit me online at RadiantAstrology.com. I'm also on Instagram at Radiant Astrology, where I do my daily star casts and videos. Um, And I love to just really teach about it. I mean, I use some astrology speak, like just enough, so people can start to understand what planets mean what you know what an aspect is so if you're curious you just start by you know following me or your favorite astrologer regularly start you know understanding the language And then when you're ready, you know, we have plenty of courses that we offer through New Paradigm Astrology that I also collaborate with. Um, And we have an entire apprenticeship program about ready to launch. So really, this truly is a golden age of astrology. And there's a reason for it because it's beyond just a hobby or something that is interesting or, or, you know helps to sort of engage the monkey mind, it actually, as you can see, helps us to really have some insight on what all these transits mean and what is your place in the world.
0: Yes. I love your daily post. I am a huge fan because so often I revert back to him like, okay, what's going on today, universe? (laughs) What do I need to know? I even tell my husband sometimes, I'll be like, didn't you read my post this morning? (laughs) Come on, get with it. Didn't you know? (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for bringing your light and wisdom to the show and giving us a glimpse of what we have to expect for in 2020.
1: And thank you so much, Lauren. I mean, mastering your mind, business and life. I mean, that's so important right now that we are whole human beings and that what we do in the world is a reflection of, you know, who we're being and what our soul wants from us. So I love this work that you're doing in the world and um, it's such important work. Thank you so much oh, for doing it.
0: Thank you. you just make my heart smile. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I know, I know whoa, so much information, (laughs) I suggest you go back and re-listen to the episode throughout the year as needed. I had to go back and listen and just write down certain dates to just, you know, use as a reminder and a guide as we navigate this entire year. I also asked Christina if she and I could reconnect midway through the year to get an energy update just to see where we are. She said she was happy to do so, so be on the lookout for that episode in a few months for a follow-up conversation. I really do encourage you to connect with Christina on Instagram. I am for real when I say her Instagram is so informative and filled with great content. I've linked her website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. And hey, if anything resonated with you today or you had an aha moment, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to connect with me on social media. I'm everywhere at MindBizLife. I'll see you back here on Friday for an episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. And of course, next week for another conversation where I'm hitting you with another 2020 energy update on a whole different topic. Until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.